hey, if you have your Bibles <clears throat> on your phone or, or physically, uh, open it to the book of James, okay? The book of James. James is in the New Testament, okay? It's towards the back of your Bible. It's a, it's a small, very, 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 very small book. It's literally only four, sorry, five chapters long. Um, James chapter one, we'll be reading that today, verses two uh, through eight. But before that, hey, welcome, <clears throat> as you get there, welcome back to another, the first remedy of the 2022 year. There's way too many twos in that, like 2022, like, I, I, man, I wish I would live long enough to see like 2222. That'd be super, super cool. But uh, we are so glad to be back. And I hope you enjoyed your new year. I hope you enjoyed your Christmas vacation. It's been a long time since we've been together, a little over a month now. And a lot of things have happened. Uh, just a quick update in my life. Uh, I got married last, last Christmas break. Yeah, woo, that's great. Um, I got to spend time with, with friends I haven't seen in a while, the Rain Haas. Uh, I got to get COVID. That was cool. Not really. Uh, but God has been through it all. Oh. And, it's, and it, I'm just like, you have no idea how happy I am that we're back together just as a student body as, as uh, we kick off this year. You know, obviously, as the new year begins, it's important for us that, that we start strong, okay? I think one of the biggest things that, that we can do as a ministry, especially after the type of years that we've had, is to continue to start strong, Okay, no matter how you feel about the new year, whether you think it's just another day or whether you think it's whatever, no, the, the, the truth of the matter is, is that there's a reason why it's called new year, because there's this sense of newness. There's a sense that something new is happening and we have like a fresh start. But for some of us like me, and I'll admit, we like to cut corners. Okay, has, any, has anybody ever like tried to build something like and try to cut corners? Anybody ever done that? No, like, like you're trying to, yeah, you have, he's like, yeah, I've done it before. Does it work out? Yes. It does work out for you. Well, let me tell you a story of how it didn't work out for me. Okay. So I actually, uh, recently was able to get like a new office chair and you would think that it's really easy to build an office chair. But for me, uh, I don't know if it's like a Hispanic thing, but I, I, for some reason think that the manual is no good. I don't need it. I'm smart enough to assemble a chair. And so here I think, okay, easy. This looks like the base. Okay. Add the wheels, whatever, and then add the top. And, and it looks like it's standing. But as soon as I sit in it, it collapses. And I literally pray to Jesus because I'm a big boy. Okay. If, if I, if I sit on something and it sounds like it popped or cracks, it's probably good for it. it's done. It's not going to stand up again, but praise God that we have strong materials that will sustain my weights, right? Just like Jesus can sustain the weight of my sin. No, but for real, the chair didn't work. Okay. Um, it, it, and, but by God's grace, it didn't break. So what did I do? I went and I got my manual. I said, okay, there's a reason why we have this. And lo and behold, I follow the directions and guess what? It worked. But if I would have started from there, I wouldn't have to have fallen or have to have like messed up the chair. And one of the things that I've realized personally in my life, just literally recently has been an answered prayer by God in terms of how he's moved in my life, not just like uh, theologically or, or, or like spiritually, but really emotionally. And I have been missing that for a long time. And that's why you see probably for the first time, I think in a long time, an actual physical Bible, like in my hands. I love technology. I love that we can, and I'm still using it. Like I, you know, I, I, I love that we can look up a verse or whatever easily on our phones, but there's something so genuine and different about having a physical Bible, like an actual manual that we can look into 
that will help us have a strong start to the new year. And so we'll be in the book of James over the next few weeks, talking about starting strong, talking about how we can read in this passage, in this story, or, or really not uh, uh, just how people being encouraged while they're going through trials and, and different things in their life to, to, to start strong, to keep the faith, to have a strong foundation. This series is to help us to uh, build a strong faith heading into the new year. The book of James deals with many issues that's really relevant today. Things that are still alive and well in 2022, just like they were in 2021. Um, James 1 provides helpful connections for how we can speak on the issues that are still here today. He writes um, that, that it's, it's to give an overview of the life of faith or a faithful life. All the concerns that we have in this world, we're going to talk about throughout the series, but it's important that we continue to seek a genuine and unwavering faith or a genuine and strong faith that can't be broken regardless of the circumstances, right? To desire uh, wisdom, not just hearing the word of God, but doing it, right? Being uh, self, having self-control, the problem with self-deceptions, the dangers of influence and wealth that we have with technology and social media, right? All of that is going to be talked about throughout this series. And my hope and prayer is that as we navigate through this book in James, that we can see Jesus alive and well in every area and every aspect of that. So I'm going to read James chapter 1, verses 2 through 8, and then we'll break it down together. Okay, James chapter one, verse two through eight says this. It says, consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting, for the doubter is like the surging sea driven and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, being double-minded and unstable in all his ways. But here's the first point, is that testing, testing your faith produces endurance. Testing your faith produces endurance. Earlier in the, in the cafe, I, I was working on the sermon, trying to get it together, and, and I was struggling to try to find uh, something that I think would be really relatable to all of us, right? And, and then for some reason, uh, I thought of like, what, what was a, well, one thing that people would do like anything for? And I said, well, a lot of people will do a lot of things for money. And so I looked to... <laughs> I think I, I, I don't know if I asked Sarah or Hannah. I said, hey, one of the Rojas girls. Hey, Rojas girl. <laughs> I said, would you allow yourself to get punched once a week for a year for a billion dollars? Okay, who, who, who would get punched once a week? <laughs> a lot of people would get punched once a week for a year. For, but here's the caveat. Here's the deal. You don't get the billion dollars until the end of the year. You still do it? Yeah? You're still down? Depends on what part. Depends on where you get punched. Okay, what if you have to get punched in the face once a week? 
Still yes. You're still going to do it. Who's punching you? Okay. What, what if it's for two years? What if it's two years? So you still do it. What if it's three years? You still do it. Let me ask you, Nathan, why, why would you do it? Because you want the money, right? There's something that we, that for some reason, it's so valuable that, hey, man, I'll, I'll get hit in the face. I would do it. Like, I will do it easily for two, three years. Give me three years. I don't care. I can, I can take it, right? For a billion dollars. For a billion dollars. Absolutely. And I ask myself, why is it that I would do it? And it's because we know that there's a better outcome at the end of that year, two years, whatever years you decide to go with, there's something at the end of that year that is going to be so valuable and worth the pain that I'm going through for just this one moment. A billion dollars is a lot to, to compare to just a punch in the face, a temperament, like a, a very uh, minute pain that I'm going to feel for a little bit. And then after two years, I get a billion dollars and then I have to get punched in the face again. Absolutely, we're going to do that because we know that there's value in it. If you look at the Greek uh, translation here, it kind of differs from the English translation in this book, in James, uh, that it suddenly commands the Messianic Jewish community, so the Jewish community, to consider their condition. Okay, Consider their condition, one that's marked by trials as an occasion for joy. So to consider trials as an occasion of joy involves an act of faith. So instead of looking at the trial, what it's saying here, the, the, the Jew community is encouraged to look through the trial for its potential outcome. And we know that in the end, Jesus wins, which means that we win. He's already won. And so what James is wanting to show us is that even though in life it's going to be challenging, we can rejoice because we know that the outcome at the end of our lives is worth more than a billion dollars. It's, more, it's worth more than life on earth. Because at the end, what we get is true life with Jesus, and it's forever and ever and ever. Oh, if we were to have that perspective as a church, that eternal perspective, eternal meaning forever, that we would see that what's waiting at the end is worth way more than this temp temperamental, uh, than this temporary uh, moment of affliction and pain and frustration that we're going through even today, that we would be a church, a student body that would look to Jesus in those circumstances, knowing that, hey, man, at the end of this, it's worth way more than a billion dollars. It's worth life, true life, freedom, true freedom and what that looks like. Not only does testing your faith produce endurance, but it produces maturity. James chapter one, verses four through five. And let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives it to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. Testing your faith produces maturity. Now, I'm going to tell you something. One of the things that helped me as a kid grow up real fast is a thing called, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of it, it's called a belt. Okay? It's probably one of the most life-changing tools that I've ever seen my parents use 
And it worked really good. It worked really fast too. Let me tell you something. Now, my parents, for some reason, had something else called the branch. Never got to experience that, but I praise God for that. But the belt was something that for sure matured me real quick. Let me tell you something. <laughs> One of the scariest things that I've ever done in my life, and I may have shared this story before, was I, had a little, I have a little sister, and me and my brother are 10 months apart, okay? And so we're around the same age, and my little sister was still like a few years, like maybe four or five, and me and my brother are playing, and we do something to our sister. And oh my gosh, that's daddy's little girl, okay? That was probably the scariest thing I think I've ever felt, and nothing has happened yet, but to see my sister cry out to my dad and knowing exactly what my, my dad was about to do. So what we, me, me and my brother do, we go in our closet, we get like four pairs of like joggers. Do you know guys know what joggers are? We get four, and like we literally put them on because the scariest words that I, we've ever heard as a kid was, vas a ver cuando llega tu papá. English translation, oh, you're going to see when your dad gets home. That's the scariest words that my mom would ever say, like ever in the history of my life. And so me and my brother put on these pants and we go into the restroom, just me and him. Lord Jesus, please forgive us for all that we have done. And we're just like, for real, just terrified of what was to come. But the craziest thing was that all the past experiences of the belt, this time it didn't happen. This time my dad said, hey, there was no spanking, but there was like a verbal uh, I guess like that hit, pierced the heart even more, right? He says, I'm really disappointed in you guys. I don't know why that, that was worse. Like, for, I don't know. And it, and it kind of resonated in me to this day. I was like, man, that really brought me down. And for some reason there was like this, uh, as I look back at it, there was this moment of like maturing, understanding that that wasn't the best thing to do to my sister, but also understanding that it pained me more to know that I let my father down as well. And for some of us, you know, the things that we go through, sometimes it sucks, right? It's not something that we're always, you know, happy or, or, or excited about. But at the same time, we can look at it and say, how am I going to respond to this, right? Am I going to put on joggers and run into the restroom and pray? Or am I going to own up and say, you know what, this... This is, not, this is not good. It's, maybe it's not even my fault, but the situation is not pretty. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to run to Jesus and rest in his promises. Maybe my faith is being tested through this time of, of trial. Maybe my faith is, 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 is being just looked at and, and, and pressed really hard. But you know what? I'm going to come out of this more mature and again, reminding myself that there's something better at the end. And lastly, testing your faith produces a strong base. James chapter one, verse six, three, but let him ask in faith without doubting for the doubter is like the surging sea driven and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord being double-minded and unstable in all his ways. Uh, there's a writer by the name of N.T. Wright. And he has this really interesting illustration about waves. He says this, he says, I used to think that waves had come from far away, standing by the sea and watching the gray green monsters roll in. It was easy to imagine that this wave and then this one and then that one after that had made the journey from a distant land. Here they were, just like the Magi, 
arriving at last to deposit their gifts. But of course, it's not like that. Waves are what happens when wind and tide take hold of the waters, that they are there all the time and make them dance to their tune. Just yesterday, I stood in the bright sunshine and watched them sparkling and splashing around a little harbor, making the boats dip and bop. A fine sight. The waves seem to have character and energy of their own, but they don't. They are the random products of other forces. The challenge of faith is the challenge not to be a wave. There are many winds and tides in human life, and it's easy to imagine ourselves important because we seem from time to time at least to dance and sparkle this way and that. And the question is whether the character that develops within us is the real thing or whether, as James says in verse 6, simply double-minded and unstable, blown and tossed about by this wind or that. Waves are not caused just randomly. I mean, they are caused just randomly by winds and different forces. But if it weren't for those winds and forces, it'd be still. It wouldn't move. And our goal, the challenge, our challenge is that we would not be like a wave of faith that is just moving by different things, moving by what my friends say, moving by what my teacher says, moving by what society says, moving by what Instagram says, by what Twitter says, or what my YouTuber says, but that it is actually standing on a strong base that is rooted and founded in the truth of who Jesus is. That as we run this race, that we would have endurance, that we would produce maturity, and that we would have a strong foundation in Jesus. And that's my prayer as we go through this, this book, is that we would be reminded this year, in 2022, that our faith is going to be tested. And if it hasn't been tested, it will be. Today, tomorrow, who knows? But understand this. Your faith will be tested and you will have to respond. But the best way to respond is through what Jesus asks us how to respond. And that's by leaning into him. All that are weary and broken come to me from gentle and lowly in hearts is what Jesus says in Matthew. We're able to run to the father. We're able to surrender to him. Okay, let me pray. Jesus, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for our students. We thank you for allowing us to be here another night, the first night of 2022. And I pray, Father, that we would just be reminded of you, Jesus, of your truth that is found in the book of James, and that we would uh, be doers of the faith, and that we would continue to put our anxieties and stress and situations in your hands, uh, knowing that at the end, you win, and you always win. To your name we pray. Amen.